0: We have to go back. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Flashback Flix Retro Movie Podcast. I'm Ricky. I'm Grayson. And today we are reviewing the 1984 Eddie Murphy just cop action comedy Beverly Hills Cop. That's just
1: 80s music that I was making with my <laughs> <your> mouth.
0: <laughs> oh, my goodness. So this movie was such a joy to watch. And it was suggested uh, by one of our followers on Twitter, at uh, Dave Poole, uh, asked us if we were going to review Beverly Hills Cop. And this one is for you, Dave. Thank you so much for recommending it and putting it on our radar. And uh if you like to suggest movies that we should review of the retro uh variety uh let us know on twitter we are at flashback flicks we'd love to hear from you and review movies that you want to hear now just just to clarify recommendation doesn't guarantee that we'll review it but if there's a venn diagram between a movie that we would like to review as well as one that you would like to hear there's a higher chance of it being reviewed so thanks again dave pool and uh Let's get into the show. So uh, Beverly Hills Cop is the movie that made Eddie Murphy a star. Uh, He had already been on SNL prior. Uh, I don't know why I said SNL like that.
1: (laughs) SNL. He was 19 when he joined SNL.
0: Just crazy. That's madness. So he had already done SNL um, at this time. Um, prior to that, he did Forty Eight Hours in 1982, then Trading Spaces, um, and then, places. thank you, Places Trading Places. Um, he he played Billy Ray Valentine alongside Dan Aykroyd, um, and but this was his first like leading role. I mean, he, he like co led. I mean, in Forty Eight Hours, it's him and Nick Nolte. And Nick Nolte is like the the name guy in that movie, oh. the Nolt. Yeah, um, but the movie follows uh, Axel Foley, uh, Eddie Murphy's character, and he's a hip, street smart detective in the early '80s of Detroit. Um, and he's a loose cannon because cop movie in the '80s, uh, and he's not well respected by the chief. So, one day, his old friend comes and visits him and then is killed by a hitman outside of Axel's apartment. So, despite being warned away from the case, Axel is determined to find out what happened. So, he takes a vacation and goes to Beverly Hills to pursue the killers. And hilarity ensues as Axel adjusts to the more straight-laced world of Beverly Hills, using his comedic timing and unflappability to get himself out of some sticky situations. And that's basically the movie solid
1: synopsis
0: thanks uh i wrote it myself that's a lie it's from the internet uh the movie came out (laughs) the movie came out december 1984 uh and it did stupidly well uh making 15 million dollars in the first five days whoa um it's a good week yeah yeah, that's a great week. Uh overall it made over two hundred million dollars, uh, with an estimated uh fifteen million dollar budget, and it became the highest grossing R rated film of all time until the Matrix the reloaded, Matrix? Oh, and oh, 2000- reloaded. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh two thousand three. Um Because, I mean, they adjusted for inflation. Um, But the film was the second highest grossing film worldwide in 1984 behind Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Let's talk some awards as well.
1: Do it. This got nominated slash won a surprising amount of prestigious awards in prestigious categories. So for uh, the Academy Awards, they were nominated for an Oscar. For best writing, for directly to screen, so that'd be equivalent of like best original screenplay today. But yeah, for a movie like this to be nominated for best screenplay, I can't really imagine something like that happening today.
0: Yeah, that's like, like we're uh, just we're
1: just trying to get superhero movies in the Oscars. <laughs> that's like I'm not 22. counting Suicide Squad. <laughs> oh. Uh, uh, a Marvel movie, I should say. We're trying to get a Marvel movie in the Oscars.
0: Yeah, that's like saying, hey, yeah, 22 Jump Street uh, won for Best Original Screenplay. Or, like, that's like that happening.
1: Right. Yeah. It's craziness. Golden Globes, nominated for Best Motion Picture, Comedy, or Musical. That makes more sense because, like, Deadpool was also in that category this year. A best Sorry. Performance by an Actor in a Motion Picture, Comedy, or Musical... Uh, That was Eddie Murphy. Again, all of these, they were nominated but did not win. Nominated for Best Score in the BAFTA Awards. The Edgar Allan Poe Awards, they were nominated for Best Motion Picture. Because Edgar Allan Poe knows comedy. (laughs) But
0: Doth goes the Raven.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, the Raven is essentially just like an old-timey knock-knock joke. Knock knock, who's there? Nevermore. I don't get it. And then Wanna uh some up. awards that they won were uh they won a Grammy Award. Yeah. Movie won a Grammy for best album of original score written for a motion picture or television special. Uh People's yeah. Choice Award. This is a big one. People's Choice Awards, they won favorite motion picture. Of all the movies that were made, they won. Top billing in that.
0: Yeah. Beat out uh, Temple of Doom.
1: That's crazy. Ghostbusters was also in that year as well, as was Splash. Yeah. Just crazy, crazy competition. Uh, and then the last award that we have listed here, the Stuntman Awards. And yes. rightfully so. <laughs> Seriously. Eddie Dono won for Best Vehicular Stunt in a Feature Film and it's got to be when he's swinging from the chains out of the back of that semi at the beginning of the movie. Oh,
0: my gosh. Like, that whole opening scene is just them destroying Detroit. (laughs) I mean, I guess
1: that's how Detroit got that way. (laughs) Just Beverly Hills Cop came through.
0: Yeah, we haven't recovered from Beverly Hills Cop in '84, and it just has not gotten better.
1: And then Christopher Nolan was like, no, 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 keep it like this. I need it for Gotham. (laughs)
0: Nice. Yeah, uh going back, interesting thing, so that song that was playing called Axel F, I I'm thinking, wow, why is this super eighty song playing throughout this movie so much? This is where that song came from. I didn't what? realize I thought that. it came
1: from Geico commercials.
0: Right? No, I thought it came from do you remember Crazy Frog in like the early two thousands? That little Do I tone? remember
1: Crazy Frog? <laughs> no, I don't.
0: So, there, okay. If you look up Crazy Frog, this thing was everywhere, especially like on late night uh, MTV. They would just play, like, they would say, Hey, download this ringtone, like, call this number to download this ringtone because early 2000s. This, like, it was Crazy Frog. um, It's this little uh, 3D CGI frog just. Humming this song, <laughs> he's like, "Do the crazy frog, do 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 That's the first time I ever heard that song. And then also in an episode of Family Guy where Peter travels back in time and he does that. And another that was my only reference to that song. Check this, Grayson. Axel F is named after Eddie Murphy's character Axel Foley, and it's the theme to Beverly Hills Cop, and it a, and they made this song using like five instruments. They used a Roland Jupiter Eight, uh, uh, what is that? That I'm That's a keyboard, I, keyboard like a synthesizer, yeah. yeah. And then they use a Moog modulator synthesizer. Uh, 15 for the bass a Roland jx3p and a Roland j x8p for the basic chords and a yamaha dx7 for the bell or the bells sound and uh and they used them and a Lindrum drum for drumming and they created that art piece and I j- i just it blew my mind that this is where that song premiered Because I, I think the 80s And I think Axel F And it came from Beverly Hills Cop like, This is I feel like I'm late in Knowing that But I just thought it was just like a generic 80s Chart topping song But the song kept on coming up I'm like why is this happening mm-hmm. And then I found Yeah because it,
1: it didn't just come from Beverly Hills Cop It came from Grammy award winning Beverly Hills Cop
0: Yep Yep. Beep, beep, beep,
1: beep, 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 beep.
0: Yeah. It was like a, it was, it was an international hit in 1985. Uh, 1985, it was like no, international number one on all the charts. And that's crazy. Wow. They just used four keyboards and a kettle drum. <laughs>
1: imagine what they could have done with GarageBand. Man.
0: Oh, man. I would imagine that they would have made the exact same thing. Just just, just would saved them the trip to the keyboard store. Yeah, I would have saved them, like, office space. All right, I need mm-hmm. four keyboards, and you bring me that kettle drum. Um, so this movie, in addition to just being iconic and so prevalent um, to Eddie Murphy's career, uh, has so many other amazing actors. You have Judge Reinhold and Jonathan Banks, a.k.a. <gasps> Buzz Hickey from Community. And the voice of Commissioner Gordon in the Arkham Knight Batman game. But
1: most famously, Mike Trout from Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. He's one of the few actors that has the distinction to be nominated for the same character in two different shows. That's amazing. But he
0: is young in this. He, Because I, I, I saw his face. I'm like, where do I know that face? Where do I know that face? And I was thinking, because he kind of has like a Sylvester Stallone like, like skull structure. I'm like, it's not Sylvester Stallone. And sure. then Community popped in my head. I'm like, he's, he's,
1: he's Hickey. He's Buzz Hickey from Community. It's the eyes. The eyes are a dead giveaway.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. You can
1: only open them about halfway. <laughs> it's like, if you come back to Beverly Hills, I'm going to punch you in the heart
0: straight in the heart. Uh speaking of Sylvester Stallone, flawless transition. So, um this movie almost was a Sylvester Stallone film. Uh Sylvester Stallone completely rewrote the script uh to make it more Stallone. That sounds delicious.
1: <laughs> I'll have two. I'll have the Italian Stallion with extra Stallone.
0: Uh <laughs> Yeah, so he rewrote the film so it was uh a straight action film. Um not a ton of comedy, uh, but basically uh the way he rewrote it, the budget just went it skyrocketed, so Paramount's like, eh, we're not gonna go as the load. And uh Jerry Bruckheimer of, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean fame, uh he also did what else? Everything. He doesn't need to do anything else.
1: He did all of the Pirates movies.
0: <laughs> uh, sorry, I, I'm forgetting. He also did, man, Top Gun. That's what I was thinking. Uh, Top Gun, Bad Boys, Coyote Ugly. Mm-hmm. Uh, producer Jerry Bruckheimer uh, claimed that uh, Axel Foley was first offered to not Sylvester Stallone. He was the number two choice. Uh, but Mickey mm-hmm. Rourke, 1984 Mickey Rourke, who reportedly signed a $400,000 holding contract to do the film. He just, just to hold on $400,000, just to wait. And the revisions and preparations took longer than expected. So he left the project to do another film. I
1: see that some of the other actors considered were Harrison Ford, Michael Keaton, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, Richard Pryor and James Caan. <laughs> uh, weird choices.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm really glad that they went with uh, Eddie Murphy. He was just a just a joy to watch. Let's go ahead and uh, officially go into our reactions. Um, was this the first time that you saw this movie?
1: Yeah, I knew nothing about this movie other than the fact that Eddie Murphy was in it.
0: Yeah, I knew only that Eddie Murphy sat on a red car with a gun. That's all I knew about this movie, because that's what the poster is. Uh, But I saw that VHS at Blockbuster like all the time growing up, Um, but never saw the movie until now. And...
1: I went into this expecting it was going to be a Paul Reiser film, and I feel like his role was greatly underplayed. Oh, yeah. Give me some Reiser.
0: <laughs> yeah, he he didn't even show back up. All right, we have this one tracking shot, and then that is a wrap for Paul Reiser. But man, it was so fun to watch this movie because this movie is so incredibly 80s, uh, and I love it. I just love how they're like they're just showing establishing shots of just people just walking on the streets of 1984, and just wearing some of the just best most ridiculous things. Uh, we even saw uh, Eddie Murphy kind of give a nod to um, his stand-up uh, special, uh, not Raw. What was his other one? Delirious. Uh mm-hmm. when when the guy was um wearing that red suit, uh Delirious came out oh, in 19- yeah. 1983, Uh so he was like laughing at that. Like so many of those things. I, oh man, just the eighties. Like I just I just love seeing so many of these things come back. because uh, 'cause I'm seeing more and more uh people with like high tops and uh even like mm-hmm. bruno mars's uh music video uh 24 karat magic has like all these throwbacks to like uh i guess it's more 90s than 80s but it still has that like loud kind of flair to it and i just love that i love it
1: so much a fun time and we're <laughs> gonna relive it this time with considerably less cocaine <laughs>
0: I thought that was such a, so that whole coffee ground thing. Oh, was, yeah, that was interesting. That was really interesting because I was waiting for them to uh, to kind of spell it out to me. He's like, yeah, I found coffee on the scene. They're like, okay, coffee. I'm like, yeah, coffee. And then he's like, no, they use coffee to uh, disguise the smell of the cocaine. I'm just like, oh, my gosh, really? Like, I feel like that's not a thing that. Like, you see as, like, a tell in movies. like You know how sometimes mm-hmm. movies will be like, oh, they're doing nothing harmless? They're just shipping teddy bears. And it's just like, well, there's drugs in the teddy bears, obviously. Right. But, like, that coffee thing was, like, a new tell for me. I was like, oh, interesting. Look at that. Throws the dogs off. They can't smell
1: through the coffee. <laughs> yeah. Which is uh, interesting because Eddie Murphy doesn't drink coffee. Really? Yeah. Yeah, he... he in a lot of the scenes, especially when they're in the the police station, you know, he seems like kind of tired. Like he was legitimately tired from a long day of filming, and wouldn't drink coffee hmm. because he considered the caffeine a drug, and he doesn't take drugs of any kind. Uh, but after a while, he was like, "Okay, I'll take little sips of coffee." Wow. Yeah. And so it was after that that he uh, he improvised the uh, the super cops monologue. <laughs>
0: Oh, I'm so happy to know that he improvised that. That was just such a great moment. I, I think my favorite moment of the whole scene was when he said, all right, guys, just so you know, the Super Cops story was working. It was working. You ruined it. Next time you, you just ruined a perfectly good lie. It was working. That was my favorite One of my favorite moments in the whole film. I also just love the bromance between all of them just the 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 cop brotherly love that was happening um with Reinhold and his other partner uh it was just so i just loved it like at the end when they're at the hotel like I, i'm getting choked up i'm just like they
1: really mm-hmm. care for each other they
0: they're really looking out for each other
1: i like it well those that. three improvised their lines more than any other other actors in that movie i, uh, I believe that and so i think that's where a lot of that chemistry comes from and you can see that they're they like break a little bit in certain scenes like in that super cops monologue uh, like uh actor john ashton mm-hmm. he, he was the not judge reinhold actor yeah um like you can see him putting his head down and it's like it looks like he's frustrated but he's actually laughing um so it's just a good dynamic
0: oh absolutely well and i liked how um Because I know... I mean, we've seen quite a few movies, especially on the podcast. Uh, Just the... A lot of tropes. Just a lot of patterns that you pick up on. Uh, And I liked the... I just like... I appreciated the dynamic that they had of the whole... Well, they're straight-laced, but he doesn't play by the rules sitcom dynamic. But I just loved it. Like, how to a T, they were actually like following the rules. Like, but I can't. It's against the rules. Like, it was just fun. It was just fun to see, like, how blatant, dis- uh, the blatant disregard that uh, Axel had for the rules. Like, yeah, but I'm going to break into this house. You're going to have to shoot me because I'm not going to stop. They're like, all right, I guess we'll bend the rules this time. I just loved it. It was just perfect. and the- And I feel like everyone played that role just so real that even though it's a trope that we kind of see... More often now, um, mm-hmm. it felt organic, or at least at the um, at the very least authentic, um, because they, they the chemistry was just fantastic.
1: Some of the characters follow the rules so strictly, like the chief not not their immediate boss, but like the chief chief. I was like, yeah. oh, this guy's got to be with the criminals. Like he's it's got to be an inside <laughs> thing. But yeah. no, he was just a stickler.
0: Yeah. Brr are you uh do I need to tell you again what you need to do yeah oh another thing I uh, forgot to mention uh, this movie spun off not one not two but in theory and development three sequels uh there's Beverly Hills cop it goes all the way into Beverly Hills cop 3 which was made in 1984 not 84 they made a third one in 84 put it in the vault <laughs> And said, in 10 years' time, this was going to be gold. And then they released it. Uh, No, nineteen ninety four Beverly
1: Hills Time Cop.
0: (laughs) They shot all this footage and say, we have this idea for a third one, but we need you to look exactly how you do right now. (laughs) Uh, No, 1994 is when the third one came out. Um, But they are in talks to develop a fourth one. Uh, Eddie Murphy says that he has been or his IMDB says that he has been confirmed but the most recent article said that it was supposed to come out in 2016. Um, So I don't know where that leaves it but I at the very least really want to see uh, the second one Mm because this is just a ton of fun to watch.
1: Yeah, it used to be on Netflix. I think they had the first and second and they took the second one off and replaced it with Beverly Hills Chihuahua 1 and (laughs) 2.
0: They just didn't want people, they didn't want kids to watch Beverly Hills Cop 2 instead of Beverly Hills Chihuahua 1 or 3. But
1: Beverly Hills Cop and Beverly Hills Chihuahua, they do have one thing in common. They both have far less Paul Reiser than I would have cared
0: for. (laughs) Now, Grayson. I have to read you your rights. You have the right to headcanon. Oh, headcanon. We just read you your headcanon rights. Uh, headcanon is a part of the show. I thought, I thought I could have something clever with Miranda, but then I realized Miranda. It's pretty specific. (laughs) It's pretty specific. So
1: if we were doing like the Lizzie McGuire movie, it'd probably be easier, but yeah, not with this. We'll
0: we'll save that gym for then. (laughs) Not today. Not today. <laughs> uh, headcanon is the part of the show where we share our unique ideas about the movie and untold stories based on evidence provided by the film. Uh, I haven't seen the other uh, Beverly Hill cops, uh, but from my understanding, uh, Judge Reinhold reprises his role uh, as Rosewood. But just based off this movie alone, here's my headcanon. Uh Billy Rosewood, uh, after, you know, having just these crazy adventures with Eddie Murphy, decides that he wants to shift careers and uh, he wants to become like a, like a psychiatrist, you know, Um, he Mm -hmm. wants to help people, you know, with their, their minds. Right. Uh, And then he meets just the, the loveliest of ladies, And this lady just so happens to have a son and an ex-husband named Calvin, who ends up becoming Santa Claus. Santa Claus, Beverly Hills Cop, same universe, headcanon.
1: And so Rosewood is actually the one who wants the weenie whistle?
0: Absolutely. Hmm. Because doesn't that sound like something Rosewood would (laughs) want?
1: It is, yeah. He's very food-oriented.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, man, I love that thing. (laughs) That moment when he ordered them room for service. Love that.
1: Absolutely love that. So my headcanon is that Axel Foley is actually FBI, and he is deep, deep undercover. Because there is no way a standard (laughs) detective would get away with the stuff that he's doing. He's doing, like, off-the-books, huge... Like, the the semi at the beginning. Like, that alone... The line turn in your badge and gun have been spoken for far less egregious errors in cop movies. But this one was like, all right, you can go on vacation.
0: Right? Like, Chris Tucker, he got arrested for like blowing up a car or not he didn't get arrested, but he got in trouble for blowing up a car in rush hour. Um and they're about to fire him just for that. A car. They mm-hmm. destroyed Detroit, like we were watch, like we watched one takes of those cars being destroyed. Because that's that's all I had. They're like, we don't have more cars than this, so let's get this done right on the first take. Destroyed that city, and it's one of those uh, scenes that you see and you actually feel the danger of it, because you don't you don't think that like, oh, that's probably a stunt double. Like it's just edited to look that way. Like I'm 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 watching the city get demolished. I'm like. What's going to happen? How is he going to make it out?
1: Yeah, it's intense. And the reason why he doesn't identify himself when he's arrested by the Beverly Hills cops is because he wants to maintain that cover. Mm. I know he didn't want to be reported back to Detroit, but what if it was deeper? What if he didn't want to be reported back to Washington, D.C., not state? (laughs)
0: It's really solid just
1: because he's he's dealing with very like international scandals as well mm-hmm. but I think if they had pulled that being like he's actually you know FBI and out ranks you chief like mm-hmm. I think they could have justified it and be like oh okay cool no I buy that Yeah. And so headcanon is that he's actually much higher ranking
0: that's real good that holds up and it makes a lot of sense as to like why like, no one actually makes him, like, do anything. Like, they say, all right, I'm going to give you one more chance, then you're out. Okay, well, promise you won't do it again, and then we'll really get... <sighs> we will pay for your hotel, fine. But then, you gotta go. I, I will make a
1: universe connection here and say that uh, I think this is a prequel to... A remake of another movie we've done forget it no one's following what i'm saying <laughs> basically that damon wayne's banana man character yeah. is the same uh character that he plays in lethal weapon the tv show that he was deep cover <laughs> keeping tabs on them Ooh, this was one of his first assignments to be the banana man
0: well i i have one that that could help you get there um after seeing Axel, because, like, after all these things happened, like, he met Axel. Like, he knows him. And so mm-hmm. I want to say that that inspired him to get into the police academy.
1: He was like, that guy that I just gave those <laughs> bananas to really changed my life. The way he stuffed those bananas <laughs> at the tailpipe of that unmarked squad car
0: made me really rethink things as a produce distributor. Yep. Yep. Uh, Now we're going to go into uh, the part of the show where we talk about recast and remakes. Uh, If this movie were to be made today, who would be recast and what would be the story of the movie? Um, As soon as credits were rolling, even a few moments before that, uh, I already had the person that I think we're both thinking of who would play in a modern uh, day it's gotta be. of uh, mm-hmm. Beverly Hills Cop. Let's say it with yep. no delay from Texas to California on the count of three. One, two, One, two three. three.
1: Jay Morris. <laughs> oh, no. You're totally right. Days. You're
0: totally right, though. Because I was thinking younger. I was thinking a little bit younger. Mm. I was thinking Jay Farrow or Donald Glover.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I consider Donald Glover, but ultimately just Lamorne Morris. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I mean, he already plays a cop in New Girl. He is
0: the best in New Girl as a cop. Like, I feel like he would just, like, he would largely play that character. Uh, (laughs) I just want them to make a, a movie version called winston it's just like it's winston mm-hmm. the exact plot of beverly hills cop but it's winston uh and he and it's, it's just all the
1: antics that happen from there they would make a winston spin-off movie that's basically the premise of beverly hills cop except reverse and call it motor city cop and it's him going from la and winston is now a cop in detroit He's away from all of his friends. He's a fish out of water. Mm-hmm. That's what was really interesting about this movie. is It's a fish out of water story, but it's reversed from what you would normally do. Because when I heard the title Beverly Hills Cop, I imagined that he was a cop from Beverly Hills that was put in a much more dangerous city.
0: Yeah, you thought it was going to be like a reverse Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yes. <laughs> yes, I did. And you didn't think it was going to be an actual Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. No, it was straight Fresh Prince. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's a a great casting. Yeah, mine were definitely Jay Farrow just because he can already do an amazing Eddie Murphy impression. Um, But I also Mm -hmm. think that he could, him and Donald Glover, Donald Glover just because I want to see Donald Glover uh, talk his way out of these situations. And I just, I can just (laughs) see him do those Eddie Murphy like highs. Like, I feel like he can play serious. Like we've seen him in Atlanta, and even just throughout his rap career and his music videos, uh, but also him just be very like bright and funny and just like convince people that they themselves are wrong even though they're right. I just I just thought of those two people, uh, Jay Farrah and Don Glover. But yeah, I think you'd
1: make it his own, but still feel like it's true to the source material.
0: Absolutely.
1: It, well, yeah, that's why I want to see a little more Morris too because I feel like he could bring that improvised quality to it uh where it it doesn't feel scripted it feels like it's off the cuff
0: yeah yeah i think the um i think it would actually um as a storyline do pretty well today surprisingly um Mm -hmm. i i think just like just you take (laughs) <laughs> you just take a a cop who like has to be in like the mean streets of like whatever like you you just take uh the situate like whatever like the most the the hardest of crimes are and then you put him into like this place where like not a lot of crime happens. i'm about to describe twin peaks um <laughs> and i'm gonna stop myself <laughs> um but you're right, I think it's an interesting
1: character dynamic because he immediately lets his guard down, mm-hmm. which is a dangerous place for a character to be at, especially a character who is so self assured yeah
0: I think storyline wise they they could largely do pretty much the same thing. I think they would probably if anything just hit more on I think they would have more steps and payoffs of mm-hmm. um of just what Eddie Murphy knows to do as like a, a street cop kind of thing Um, where he would be, I think he would be, it would be closer to what they did with rush hour where it's just like, listen, I know the people to talk to because like I actually, I lived in this community. I know these people, I know like where to go about and it would be more, (laughs) I'm just, I'm just, it's rush hour. Like you just have Jackie Chan like having to fight off like this room full of people because he says the wrong thing and then they get back and it's just East coast, West coast kind of thing. Uh, And yeah, that's it. That's what I'm imagining for the story.
1: I feel like if it was written today, it might've been a little more formulaic, which is something I really respect about this movie that it, it did not follow the formula. I thought it was going to, I thought it'd be the kind of thing where when they hit that, like all is lost moment or dark night of the soul and all that. And the, the chief comes in and he's like, Hey, you're off the case and all that. Like he would go back to Detroit. Cause if you look at like the hero's journey or the writer's journey, like detailed in the writer's journey, that you leave the world that you're comfortable with, go into the strange new world. In this case, Beverly Hills, and then at some point you enter back into that old world as a changed person. You never see him go back to Detroit, Right. which if it was made today, I feel like there would be that scene where he flies back and he thinks he's off the case, but then he finds that last clue that connects it all together. And then they probably would have ended with him getting a job in Beverly Hills permanently right? rather than driving to the airport. Mm-hmm but that's why i think this this current version is or the the original version is so strong because it's it's not predictable it's not what you would normally think it is it does have those highs and lows and still has an arc to it but you you the the scenes i thought i was going to see were not there and i was pleasantly surprised
0: absolutely absolutely right yeah cuz i was i was i really was expecting more of actually them working together like, I was expecting them to, like... Mm-hmm. I guess I was expecting 48 Hours. I'm just expecting other movies from this movie, uh, where they're, like, handcuffed together, and he takes them through these obstacles that they are begrudgingly agreeing to doing. But, like, he, like, just straight up left them. <laughs> like, how he just left them behind, yeah. and they really couldn't keep up with him. All those other things. It, it was it was just fun mm-hmm. to watch. And, uh, and I think that if they were to do that today, it would probably... To keep in the spirit of it, they would need to kind of break up the patterning a little bit. Uh, but yeah. I think that, especially if you get like the right actor, especially Lamore Lamor Morris, am I saying his name right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. I think he would be fantastic, especially uh, if they, I, I really want them to do something very similar, but like to the Fast and the Furious 12 level of that car chase scene. <laughs> yeah oh just so good i just want them to destroy another major city that's all i ask if they remake it just destroy just, just do it just take it out there's typically a segment called adapt that we don't use it often uh but it's a segment where we talk about uh imagining how this movie could be adapted into other medias like books hmm. games tv series um and the thing that i thought would be a ton of fun would be to play a like an open world rock star game version of beverly hills cop uh where mm, that would be where cool. you have certain restrictions like okay great your gun has been taken away and you're in like the 19 you're in 1984 but you have to like solve this mystery and so you have to like drive around the city and like look for clues you have to like make choices based off of um your uh, directives but you also like can't get caught even though you are a cop uh and just like i just think that that would be a ton of fun to play especially with all the 80s radio stations playing really cool i would also be down for like a web or not web series but like a netflix original series of Beverly Hills cop um, but it's just either he. The series is based on the fact that he does get fired from Detroit, and he's just stuck in Beverly Hills. Um, and he and he does help them solve all these different crimes because he's able to think outside the box. Um, and I just think that that would be fun.
1: I'd like to see an adaptation of this where it's a CBS reality show that airs on <laughs> Sunday nights. Where one major city trades a cop with another major city, and they call it Cop Swap.
0: (laughs) I love that. I love that so much. (laughs) I don't know how you do things in
1: Fort Lauderdale, (laughs) but this here is Albany. You know, that kind of thing.
0: I don't know how you do it in Fresno, but here in Reno, we're just a five-hour drive away. There you go. Cop Swap. (laughs) Cop Swap. Now we're going to go into our final segment of the show where we give you our reasons to recommend. Grayson, why would you recommend Beverly Hills Cop 1?
1: Seeing as that's the only one in the series that I've seen, that's all I can (laughs) recommend. Eddie Murphy's uh, improvisational skills are just incredible. And watching this movie, I was upset I hadn't seen it before. But mainly, you get it. You get the the uh, fascination and the stardom of Eddie Murphy. Cause there's like, this is a guy that just commands a film from start to finish, but still plays nicely with the supporting characters. Um, it's, it's pretty incredible just to see that kind of comedic artistry in a film. I, I think the, the fact that I got nominated for all those awards and and typically comedies are like passed over in certain things. I think that tells you just how strong it is. And how it hits those those notes that like transcend what you would expect from a typical comedy, but ultimately the performances are
0: what make you keep watching. Awesome, yeah. If you want a quintessential '80s movie, I, I would say I recommend this movie. Like, it, to me, the '80s time period uh, is what like drew me in. Uh, but I also love the setting of the eighties and I love the music like the soundtrack alone is just a treat. I just love the the synth do 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 do, do, do. I just love that uh, and it's it's always for me fun to watch a movie that kind of launched someone's career and so you kind of see w- these Actors like Eddie Murphy. You see Eddie Murphy delivering something that is him without expectation. Almost, Um, he he's not like okay, well, let's get the guy who does this thing. But you you see him uh, where and what he delivers, which is so many levels. Like I think a lot of people forget that Eddie Murphy is an actor, like not just a comedian, but also an actor, and the way he. Delivers uh, all these different emotions and just like the oh man, just like the whole opening scene with him and his best friend from childhood. It's just like oh man, like they're just hanging out and it was it was sweet. So uh, definitely recommend it for that. Recommend it for the historical significance of Axel F. Uh, Still blown Mm -hmm. away that that song came from this movie, and it's also the best uh, Beverly Hills Cop movie. That I have seen. Uh, it's also the only one, but don't don't take that into consideration. And that is our review of Beverly Hills Cop. Let us know what you think of Beverly Hills Cop. Any fond memories that this conversation might have brought up for you, or things you didn't realize the first time you watched Beverly Hills Cop. Let us know on Twitter and Instagram. We are at Flashback Flicks, and leave us a review on itunes letting us know on a scale of one to five bananas in a tailpipe what did you think of this review
1: on a scale of one to five stolen (laughs) bathrobes let's go with that (laughs) i gotta tell my friends i took five (laughs) bathrobes for all my
0: friends and be sure to tune in next time right here on the flashback flicks retro movie podcast until next time remember to be kind and rewind